Welcome to the Valley Biz Buzz podcast, brought to you by the West Valley Warner Center Chamber of Commerce. My name is Diana Williams. Please welcome founder and CEO of Pet and Home Care and Small Biz Consultancy, our Valley Biz Buzz co-producer and show host, Tiffany Lewis. Welcome listeners, I'm your host Tiffany Lewis and today we have West Valley Warner Center Chamber of Commerce member Michael Hiller, owner of Hiller Enterprise. He helps families and entrepreneurs find financial security. He is an accountant, a real estate broker, and he is here today with his beautiful dog Penny who is an adorable little poodle. So please welcome to the show Michael and Penny. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. Thank you Tiffany. You know, of course, I'm an animal lover, so I especially appreciate you bringing your dog here today. She is sitting there being such a good girl, sleeping away. She's my assistant. She comes with us, and uh, when people have problems, she uh, definitely helps out. That's great. How old is she? She is 14. Oh, what a good girl. Wonderful. Well, today we are here to talk about the boring stuff that everyone needs to know about. Taxes, accounting, financial freedom. So we really appreciate you joining us and helping us navigate these murky waters. <laughs> Happy to be here, <laughs> Tiffany. Thank you. Great. Well, let's start off. So I understand you come from a long line of CPAs in your family with over 30 years of experience. So this is in your DNA. It is. <laughs> I can't wait to help in with the experience that I have and the modern times we're in guide the future. <laughs> That's great. Well, my first question for you, I mean, you know, here we are in Southern California, and it seems to me that California is a pretty complex state uh, when it comes to taxes and regulations. So I want to know, other than being from a long line of CPAs, what else attracted you to the accounting industry? Good question, Tiffany. <laughs> uh, in my early years, I was definitely fighting the obligation that I had. But uh, when I got into you know the career world and did get into involved in many many uh, big corporations, I started to work side by side with millennials, and I realized that there was a lack of understanding and education on this subject and I realized I can be a bigger voice to them by helping them and guiding them in their financial needs today. That's great and I just want to point out that you are a millennial as well. I am. Obviously the listeners can't see you right now but you're a, a young man in your early 30s. And that's great that you want to help your generation because a lot of us, we're lost. We don't know what to do when it comes to taxes and, and financial security and freedom. And especially when it came down to starting a business I, I or getting into investments or there's just many things that needed to be addressed and a resource hasn't um, been established and many corporations now are finding that establishment is needed and I glad, I'm glad I was an early adapter. <laughs> That's great. That really shows you know, a lot of um, motivation getting in young and, and wanting to help others. So I commend you for that. Um, speaking of getting in young, so I understand you started your business back in uh, 2017 when you were still in your 20s. How did you decide to actually start your own business? I actually was with a big corporation at the time and one, and the woman was a bookkeeper for our company and she made partner 
And she came up to me and said, you know, you have a, a big network. Why are you coming to us? It's not, you know, go back to your family. And that's when it started to click to me. And when I got to the big corporation as, you know, top 25, you start to think you want to help more people, but you can't do it at a big corporate level. The smaller businesses, the mom and pops, th those can help the individuals a lot more than a bigger corporation. And that's what I found to be able to do. I understand. That's great. And so, you know, being a business owner and an accountant, what do you hope to achieve by being an accountant and helping these millennials? Is there, are there certain goals or aspects of the business that you're looking to help them with? I'm looking to get more individuals involved as entrepreneurs. I mean, our slogan is helping families and entrepreneurs find, fam find financial security. So with that goal intended, we, we do. We want to get more millennials involved in the business world. And a lot of them don't know how to do that. You know, they don't know. It's easy to establish a business, but either paying the $800 franchise tax board fees or are you an S corporation and sending it, making sure you send in the 2553 forms <laughs> or hiring a payroll service, a bookkeeper. There's a lot of hats and roles that come into place and, you know, the individual doesn't know until usually the penalties start to come or the amount of money starts that they invested themselves in starts to dwindle and they start to come into, what do I do? How do I keep the business open? That's where I come into play and kind of start to get the haze that they have and let them focus on their big dreams. And, and I like that part. I mean, we, we're a generation of a lot of different various characters, <laughs> but we also have a lot of innovation coming around and a lot of startups. Absolutely. And um, That's exactly true. Well, it's great that you're there to take that pressure off and help them make smart decisions and decisions that can help a business grow and not get stuck in the weeds dealing with, uh, dealing with the man, Uncle Sam. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> So it sounds like your age has actually been an advantage, <laughs> especially <laughs> connecting with the younger generation. Maybe people feel like they can relate to you and you you've in their shoes and you can kind of understand. And I think that could be a big benefit. It, it is. Growing up in a family of many, many CPAs and, and being around the, the, the field and, and the generation, it, it does give me more an advantage uh, of talking one-on-one -on -one and, and allowing both sides to to say what they what they feel and go into you know what do they want mm -hmm. like what is going to be the best way to effectively move the their business their their lives forward they want to start not even a business they want to start their own income side hustle or something they need to know what deductions that can occur as well and people aren't explaining to this to them they just are understanding one mentality and we're here to really like make the difference show them we have partnerships with various companies that are millennial friendly that can ease those transitions and they can just focus on being the management that they are and just run their business the way they need to run it because that's the thing there's too many things there's too many hats and there's a lot of unknowns and someone needs to be their third party Exactly. Well, it sounds like you do more than just help with their taxes. Sounds like you have whole business solutions and services and can really 
understand the entrepreneur's needs. So I think that's great. Thank you. Yeah. You know, you mentioned a lot of things I want to touch on, but uh, the first thing is in terms of advice, what, what kind of advice would you give a startup when they're deciding to, you know, launch their business, get incorporated? You know, you mentioned S-Corps. I know there's so many different types of corporations out there and sole proprietors. Right. So what, what, what should they do that would most benefit and affect their tax returns? It, it really determines by the stage of, of where they are. When we, we talk about these various ones, there's, you know, you could be as simple as a DBA, and which is doing business as, and you can just still file yourself, and that's on your personal tax return, and it become a Schedule C, which you don't have to pay $800 filing, but you will have self-employment tax. And that's how the 1099s get collected and put on that, on that form. Or you could be a single member LLC, be, and that goes on your personal tax return. But if you become, you know, if you're a sole proprietor and you go the S Corp route, that's a separate route to go. The single member and the S Corporation both pay the $800 filing fee, which helps reduce, you know, the self-employment. But the, there are various, various aspects. One, you know, one is on the tax return and the other one is a pass-through entity which a pass-through entity requires a W-2, you get a K-1. These are things that will go transfer from a business tax return, which is a separate tax return that is done on March 15th. And that, ta that gets transferred, that, um, those forms, the K-1, and you get a subsequent W-2, those will go to your personal tax return. A W-2 for an S corporation is important because when you get to the, we usually recommend to do an S corporation when you reach around $100,000 in income or so, so you can give yourself a proper salary. That's not always the case, but in all, that is how the rules. But uh, there, there are just a lot of various, various cases to understand. So if some individual is trying to get into the music industry and is just starting out and has a W-2 job, I recommend just, you know, still building that income and putting it on a Schedule C. We do that with Uber and Lyft drivers and put them on, that's their own business as well, side hustle, and we put them on a Schedule C. And the most important thing of the Schedule C is, even though you're getting the self-employment tax, the best way to reduce that income is by finding how many itemized deductions you have. Okay. So your business expenses will lessen that. Got it. Sounds like a lot of confusing things that just really confirms why you need a tax professional to help guide you through all this. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a lot of research that goes behind the scenes as a, you know, other businesses don't always have that opportunity or resource to spend the one-on-one -on -one and make sure the client is getting the full extent of what they can get. I mean, we don't like leaving money on the table. Nope. So I tell individuals all the time, I have a neighbor and she is a Lyft driver and she always tells me, you know, like, how can I reduce my taxes? And I tell her, you know what? You have your auto expenses and you have your miles. Use an app called MileIQ to calculate those miles. Even if you're just circulating, circling around to find business, those are miles. Because people don't realize when you're reporting Lyft reports them, or Uber, but they only report the miles that you drive. 
they don't report the miles that you just have driving around. Mm -hmm. So these are type of, you know, Schedule C's that I'd, you know, go into with the clients or neighbors or family, friends, and, and want to benefit, help them. It's just, we always had to talk, have the conversation before. Sure. <laughs> so you mentioned Uber and Lyft drivers, and I'm really curious to know about how you feel about this new law, AB5, that affects independent contractors. This is a very tough law, this, this one. It all started from truck drivers, and it went to the lifts, and now it's gone to every independent contractor. And a misclassification, a purposely misclassifying even, is a $25,000 fine. And, and it's per employee, so, you know, it, it's, a, it's a very, very big deal. We, it, it, the big deal is, is that businesses cannot classify. If an office manager is the individual's title, that is someone that is purpose to the business. They are an employee. This is going to affect a lot of businesses. I mean, you're, not, you're affecting gardeners, pool, pool uh, um, services. Dog walkers. Dog walkers. <laughs> I, the list and the list goes on. I mean, really, this is, this is a very huge hit. A lot of people, it, it was affected um, January 1st of this year, and a lot of us were, we've always done our way, but to change it so suddenly... Well, was very drastic. This is just what we have to do now. We have to, the accountant, the preparer, the 1099 preparer specifically, which is what I also do, has to really be mindful when they're printing out the 1099s for the, the employer, what classifies them as a, what, what services they are. And, and it's very important to realize, you know, it's not just about fluctuation of time or when to take their lunch breaks and everything. You know, if they are core to their business and, and there is a, a construction to it, you know, they have a desk, ADP has gone into it as well and says if you have a desk, some other aspects, this is, you are an employee and employers are going to have hardship, but it, it's, it has to be done. So did they actually make the, the definition of independent contractor stricter? Is that what happened? Because I still don't quite understand. Or is it the, the impact? Like what? Can you explain It's stricter. stricter? It, it's very strict. They have guidance and rules what, of who falls into what. And it's, it's getting a lot stricter on, on the policy of, of who is a 1099 and who, is, who should be an employer. Mm -hmm. So we're going to face it. I mean, someone can have a W-2 job and still, and even though they would say it's a side hustle and you before get a 1099, they would now be turned into like, no, you're an employee. So there's going to be a lot of diff various, various changes. We can't just, just say people are 1099s anymore mm -hmm. if it's just, if it comes down to it, that even if they're part-time. So I actually have a lot of experience with this. When I first started my pet care business, everyone I hired were independent contractors. My accountant told me that was okay. It was a gray area. Um, roll with it. So I did uh, until one day um, I had an employee quit because her car broke down. She couldn't work anymore. She goes and files for unemployment. And then they determine that you don't qualify for unemployment, but wait a second, you should have been an employee. So I had to make the switch about 15 years ago. So I'd make all my ICs uh, employees and it, it hurt at first, but in the long run, I'm so glad I made the switch. 
you know, technically, if someone's an IC, what, what are the rules? You're not supposed to tell them what to do, how to do it, and where to do it. Like, <laughs> Who, what, where? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like, at least for my industry, I was telling them what to do, how to do in it, how to do it, giving them the supplies. Um, so it was a harsh um, awakening, but the past 15 years, it's been great having employees. They have more loyalty. They have more benefits. They want to stay with you. And there's so many other things in the fine print people don't even think about. If, if they're trying to classify someone as IC, they have to have their own insurance. They have to have their own business. They have to have their own licensing, right? Right. right. And that are, that's another discussion about if you still want the individual to be an independent contractor, the ways around it is, is if they do have their own corporation and stuff, that does work. But yes, it is important when hiring contractors like they will, if they're licensed and those factors, they do become somewhat of an employee in its own. So it's just going to be very uncomfortable for many as this year goes on and we find out who is misclassified and who is not. We'll see how that regulation gets determined mm -hmm. as it is getting enforced very early on. It's, it is definitely very interesting right now. Yeah. Did you know that the Chamber of Commerce actually advocates for small businesses and they get to look at all the legislative issues that affect businesses such as this bill? Really? Yes. I did not know. Yes. We, uh, we look out for the van and, and, the, and the business owner and uh, try to have a, a strong say in what we think is right. So I thought that was pretty cool. Sure. Well, on another note, um, you know, we're talking about employees and W-2s. I know I just sent all my employees their W-2s from last year, um, but is there still time if other employers haven't done that yet? Like, what's the deadline to send those W-2s out? The W-2s and the 1099s have, are, are go out around mid-February, okay. should be received by mm -hmm. um, the individual. The 1099s do have a due date. Those are to go out January 31st. Um, the red forms is what uh, is a 1096 and a 1099. Those go to the government. So uh, that that's very important for if you're going to give your independent contractors that you know that information. Honestly, though, they should be calculating their income on their own. So even if you are not getting a 1099, if you're an independent contractor and you do file your tax return, you do report all the income you have received. So it's on you, and, the, mm -hmm. and if the, the person you worked for didn't submit it, it doesn't matter, it's no excuse. You still need to document and, and submit it. Exactly. Honesty is the best policy, right? <laughs> it is, it is, because if it comes back, you, you will get a letter from the IRS, because if income is calculated off, they'll be definitely aware. Okay. And if there's something, is there something that employees can do if they haven't gotten them by now? I know like for my employees, they can just go onto their payroll system and download it. But are there other avenues people should take if they haven't received a, a 1099 or a W-2 and they need it? Always contact your, your employer and, you know, sometimes things get lost in the mail and just find out what's going on. Definitely, if it's getting lost in the mail, be cautious because it does have your social security oh, yeah. on it so do be aware but do keep in touch find out what's going on with your employer and why it hasn't been sent to you okay. follow always follow up it's a good tip and when you do have all your documents in order 
and you got your 1099, your W-2, what's the best way to actually help your accountant when filing your taxes? Like, What can you do to make your life easier and get the most out of it? You know, I, during the year, I, I have a system even for myself. I take, whether it's my medical form, so whether it's like prescriptions and stuff, we can put that on a Schedule A. And I, I put everything in a tax folder. And whether it's receipts and everything, I just put it in there. And at the end of the year, come December, January, just calculate what was going on. You get those nonprofit letters, of course, you know, from the chamber or anybody, and get those, get uh, any type of letters. Tax you, donations. Tax you donations. Keep them, keep them for your records. Salvation Army, keep those receipts. And just put it in a folder that, and at the end of the year, just, it's better to have everything in one spot than at January and February, especially as it gets closer to April, try to find <laughs> little deductions or little this, little that. It, it's not going to make a difference if it's, if we can't find it, it you know, we can't hold it, you know, the process up. Mm -hmm. If it's not going to benefit you, we have to move quick in regards to getting closer to the, our deadlines. So that's a good tip because a lot of people try to scramble to get everything together come tax time, but really all year round, you wanna start putting all these papers aside and keep track so that when you're ready to file your taxes, you already have everything ready to go. It sounds like a lot less stress doing it that way too. It's a lot less stress. And with times today, it's very easy to um, be remote with your accountant. So. You don't have to go into an office anymore. It's really come down to like, you can just have everything organized, put it in an envelope and mail it and let your accountant do the digging because it's very easy for us to go through it and see what's necessary and what's not with, with especially the times today. It's very difficult. Um, last year we faced the biggest difficulty with getting health insurance. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though that law is gone on the federal side, it is still there on the California side. I just saw that. I saw it was like, what, a 500 and some dollar fine if you don't have your own health insurance in California? Is that I what believe it was? it's 695 Oof. per person. Ouch. Um, yeah, that's definitely been a, a interesting. I It was very difficult. A lot of clients preferred to take, you know, especially millennial clients preferred to take the hit uh, when it comes to uh, take the penalty because health insurance is very expensive. Yes, it is. So, I, you know, I, even though I understand where this government is going, it, it still creates a, a, an additional problem. Sure does. I've been seeing a lot of ads for TurboTax, and I wonder, since things, you know, we're in the DIY era, sometimes does it make more sense to just do it yourself and download an app and submit your taxes, or do you think there's still advantages to going to an accountant? TurboTax for an individual is great for if you're a simple W-2 um, individ individual filing because that's it's affordable and it's very quick and easy. Um, your withholdings are already taken care of on the federal and California side. But if it gets more complex, when you start to sell property, you sell stocks, you sell real estate, you know, get into foreign transactions, it gets a little more complicated and with that you know or even gambling winnings you know <laughs> the, these are all complications that a lot of 
individuals to take on, but a lot of, if you're doing, if an individual is doing a turbo tax, sometimes they don't realize, let's go with the gambling winnings. I have a client, she wins all the time and I look, Good you know, <laughs> but you, for the, for the tax return, it also, you have to find your losses because you can wash it, you can wash it out. Mm-hmm. Usually you spend double amount of losses to get half <laughs> your winnings. So with that said, you know, my client has to go always call the casinos and that's wow. a process. It, it, the, that's actually even more of a process to get those. But that's where the tax professional can come into play and say, hey, like, let us help you. Let us find out these resources that's available because you just want to take the the hit of the income alone with a little digging and a little little push from the accountant they can do, get a lot more savings i see so basically if you are just a work for someone else you have a w2 with pretty simple nothing complex sure TurboTax might be easy but if maybe you're a business owner or you've had a lot of different transactions um, then it's best to, to use an accountant, it sounds like. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it does get a little more complex the more the more is, that is owned. Um, especially with real estate professionals, they definitely should go to an accountant. Um, they do a lot of transactions in the year, and they have a lot of opportunities that we can go into. And this is uh, um, real estate clients is uh, where a background that I've been involved with and we can have those are discussions not only the, today's tax return but we can go segue into well hey you made a lot of money this year I think we should start talking about an S corporation mm. and these are the, the conversations we have not just we're not just thinking about you today or just next year either we're trying to think about what is the next five to ten years that can benefit you the most Oh, so you really look ahead and think about the future and help them plan for that. I'm sure going into H&R Block, they're not thinking that way. So that's a good point you make that going to a professional business like yourself, someone that you can trust to help you really plan ahead and get all those advantages. And I'm guessing also thinking about this year ahead, like let's put things in place now that'll help your tax liability be less um, for the following year. I'm assuming you guys do things like that. Absolutely, we do do tax planning. We do it around November, December time. So that's another way to, if you're in a higher income bracket and you wanna have a discussion on what can we do before the year ends, we do have those discussions going on. That's great, I love it. Um, You know, while we're on that subject, you know, I just wrapped up filming our episode with Steve Hawkman from the Solar Hawk, and he told me about um, when you have when you get solar panels put on your business or your home, there's actually tax credits available, which I understand are different from tax deductions. But when you get these tax credits, is it easy to use? And are there a lot of tax credits available out there? There's various tax credits in California. We have many. I mean, Tesla had just had a credit going on. We have California renters credit. There are credits that are federal and there are credits that are with California. Okay. And it's just determined by by the tax return and from everything and all the data. They can benefit and sometimes they do not. There's oh. the American Opportunity Credit that is given to college students and college students just need to have that 1098T which is a form that 
shows that they are a college student. Okay. Um, that's an important form to get. These are just all the, there's a lot of, there are credits, but a tax professional does research. We, even though we're doing one thing or another, we always behind the scenes researching and seeing what is the best route for our clients and how we can get credits and other applicable deductions to work in their favor because we don't want to, nobody wants to pay Uncle Sam. Yeah. <laughs> or get audited. Absolutely. <laughs> and that, you know, I've heard so many horror stories of being audited and it's, it's a fear I always have being in business for so long. So I keep all my records for probably way more years than I need to. Is it seven years? Seven years. Seven years. We yeah. I, I should probably go through my files and get rid of some old documents, but is there a specific person that you should contact if you were to get audited? So you're saying go to you. So come, come, come to Michael. <laughs> come to our office and we definitely have a great, great resource available. We have many experienced accountants around. So you, you can know. help them get through that. We are, there is a team. That's good. Yes. So you're not alone. If you're out, if you're out there and you get audited, get help. Don't do it alone, right? <laughs> Don't. It, it always depends on the circumstance. Depending on the audit, Definitely go seek consultation. Don't just let it lax. Or they ignore going, it. <laughs> they're going to catch up, and the IRS can hold your passport. So Ooh. it's not just about liens anymore. Okay, and I don't want you fleeing. <laughs> <laughs> Stay here, pay, pay us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, I, and speaking of the IRS, I've been hearing so much about these scam calls and emails. And actually, I got my first one the other day. And I knew immediately it was a scam, but it's still scary that they're calling people and people are falling for this. So what's, what should people know about those scams and how, how does the IRS contact you? They're not going to call you or email you, right? The IRS is not going to call and they're not going to email. They're still on the old-fashioned mailing. They're not going to send you an email, but they are going <laughs> to mail, mail a letter in the mail. And you want to make sure the address is current to your tax return because that's where they're getting the data from. Also with the, the post office, they gather that data as well. And they're gonna deliver you the letter and you gotta just make sure that you're on top of it, not fall for these phony calls that are just ridiculous with the amount of robocallers and everything going on. It's easy to fall into. Their, their interest is to get your data. Just be aware, hang up, report the number. It's just not it's just not something that's going to go away easily, but it's definitely a fear tactic. Be smart. Do not give your social security number over the phone to a stranger. Absolutely. Do not do it. Do not give your birthday, do not give your personal information. Yes. If they ask you for a gift card from CVS to pay your taxes. It's a scam. Absolutely. Even if you're a banker, they're not going to ask even a bank's not going to ask for the social security, like with your last four digits automatically. There is, there are systems in place today, so we don't have so much fraudulent. It, it is, the IRS is right now a common robocall and double check, get their badge number. The more information you give, the more they're going to take advantage. And, mm -hmm. and we don't want to give that power to anybody. Mm-mm. Don't fall for the scammers. No, no. <laughs> hear it from Michael. <laughs> uh, so I want to hear more about your company, Hiller Enterprise. So you started this back um, in 2017. You're in your late 20s. Now here we are a few years down the road. 
You have a very nice website, so you got a nice team. Tell me more about what you guys actually do other than what you've already mentioned. Taxes, accounts. And, yeah. But we also have a side uh, project we've been working on. The One of the reasons that Hiller Enterprise began was when I encompassed my broker, real estate broker's license and I was involved in many things. I was a banker. I've done a lot of things in the real estate world and being involved in the business world for so many years, I came to the understanding that a lot of individuals do not know how to get into investments. And a lot of th investments are not attainable to an individual because they're not accredited. And an accredited individual is someone who has $200,000 in assets, not property, just cash kind of thing. And it's really important that we offer opportunity to everybody in a way. And, and a lot of things have been around for so many years, but nobody's... And, and there, it's coming now. For an individual, we wanted to be different than just a standard accounting tax firm. I have already with my family. I wanted to give opportunity to the millennials to get involved in the investments. Some of them don't have eight and nine friends to all put their money together and get a four unit investment property. So I looked, we had my business partner, Mario, he's with SoCal Ventures. And in 2017, when he came to me, we were in discussion of what would be these opportunities to give millennials. And he really helped build relationships with a lot of capital companies. And these capital companies, various of them, are all open to the idea to helping and making a separate escrow account to help millennials. So I try to get it around the $25,000 initial investment for a millennial to get involved in these various ones. That's great. So what would that entail? If you, if someone's got 25K to invest, would that be, is it like mostly real estate investments? It is real estate investment that okay. I, I do go on to. That's smart. And, and, the, and the idea from that came from when I was doing um, some millennial tax returns and one of the individuals that I was doing, uh, we came down that he owed money and he got his inheritance and his mother comes on the phone and says he wants to save around 30%, he's gonna put in the max in the retirement. So that was 5,300. 401k you're talking about? This was, yes, it's a, 40, okay. it's, a, it's a 401k that an individual can use to save money on their tax return. Okay. Not foreign, but it is a procedure. And uh, what we came through is that he, did, he, like many millennials, rather keep the cash. Mm -hmm. Cash you know? is king. Cash is king, but in this circumstance, he can say he was saving more money, and he still keeps his money. He's locking his money up, and a lot of a lot of millennials don't want to lock their money into a retirement plan of any sort because it they want scary. it's scary. Yeah, when is the money liquidated? Mm -hmm. I gotta be, I take it out. I get penalties. We're seeing a lot of millennials not get into the stock market. They want real estate. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you see this, they want real estate, they want, it's just like gold. They want something tangible. Mm -hmm. So when, when I found this to be, I started to devise, what can I do? So by being able to understand the tax side of things, I utilize my tax knowledge and my experience in the real estate world to build this together. 
and uh, we found some great partnership. In a way, we're just working a community. Yeah, that's great. 25 grand gets you a piece of property, you know, a, a piece of a piece of a property. Right, exactly. And it, even though it's a start, it's a start of something. Yeah, and real estate market here seems to keep going up. So yep, get does. in while you can. <laughs> and that's what we're doing. We're getting them into it when they can and what mm -hmm. they like. We, we do find different uh, ways to benefit them on the tax side. So whether it be a SEP IRA to go into the, get into the property or put in the cash and get a K-1, there, there's a lot of opportunities that can come from this. We, we just wanted to allow the opportunity to be available. I think it's great you use your expertise from being a real estate broker and an accountant to create something that's advantageous for a large group of people. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Earlier you mentioned some partnerships. So I'm curious, what are these? Is that the partnership you're referring to before? You, you mentioned that is one of ours. Okay. That is on our real estate side. Okay. So they're, they're a good millennial type of company. We're building, um, it's not, it's not a individualized, you know, just Michael Hiller and Hiller Enterprises. It's, it's definitely a, a resourceful business that has a lot of guidance and not just simply in one area. It's like a whole health for your business and yourself. <laughs> but I, I rather have more available resources, good relationships, that I know that is just forward thinking in these, ta in these times now. Sure. Uh, so also wanted to ask you, this is kind of silly, but if you were king for a day, what would your wish be for your company? If I was king for a day, what would my wish be for the company? Oh man, to have every Friday off. <laughs> and for tax season to not be so lengthy. <laughs> it's more crunch time by the time you get to April 15th. Mm -hmm. I think there just needs to be a little more of a an easier process, maybe allow, allow some more accountants to have some more freedom of weekends or something. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's what I would ask for as King. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like, I don't know if that wish will come true, but... <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Godspeed. <laughs> well, do you have any final comments or takeaways that you want to leave our listeners with today? Yes, yes. I, I, in doing this podcast, I, I want to let the listeners know that many of the tax stuff We'll, we, we've discussed this in general. In, in regards to specifics to your personal uh, tax return, really consult a tax preparer. Each tax filer situation is different. I tell my clients it's like going to the doctor's office. The doctor has to review and go through tests to find out if something pertains to you or not. So don't just assume that because someone else's tax return worked, it's going to apply to you. So uh, just be aware. That is as casual. <laughs> yes, that's a good point you make. Don't uh, don't just assume. You know what they say about that. You know. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Tiffany. You're welcome. And I want the listeners to know how to find you. What's your website? What are your social handles? How can people stalk you online and ask you follow-up questions? Well, on we are on Instagram and Facebook, so Great. you can find us at Hiller Enterprise. Okay. Uh, for both, you can find our website at www.hillerenterprise.com. You can email us. You can email my assistant at office at hillerenterprise.com. And our number is 818-514-4308. Wonderful. Well, I've so enjoyed having you and Penny here. Don't forget, Penny is sitting here. 
giving herself a bath right now. <laughs> but this was so much fun. Thanks again. And thank you for listening. Subscribing is super easy. Please check out Valley Biz Buzz on SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Valley Biz Buzz to learn about our guests and upcoming episodes. Thank you for listening and keep buzzing. Bye. Bye.